Welcome to another episode of Vest and Friends, everyone. Here I am, Glenn, not Vest, Lord Dean, with my good friend, Jengis. That's Jengis right. I. I am Jengis of Geekay's You Shall Not Pass Go. <laughs> Ooh, immediate plug. That's good. I respect it. That's what I do. Uh, Jengis, I believe this is your second Vest and Friends podcast, right? Who only knows? <laughs> I don't. So we're here. We're here without Dean, sadly. Uh, this is a Vestless podcast, but we're going to soldier on. Because we have a strong burning desire to talk about JRPGs. That's, that's right. JRPGs. Japanese role-playing games. Uh, the, 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 the standard <laughs> when it comes to I mean, RPGs. really. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it kind of depends on your history, right? Because a lot mm-hmm. of people ended up with just PCs, so they ended up with just more Western RPGs. Which, which brings up the, the first point we wanted to talk about is what makes a JRPG to you? That's right. And, and how do you differentiate that? Yeah. So in, you know, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> when I first thought about this topic, uh, I was mentioning before, uh, but you didn't hear that. <laughs> uh, when I first thought about this topic, uh, I was like, oh, JRPGs. I love JRPGs. But then I thought to myself, what really is like an, a Western RPG? You know, because you think like if there's a difference between the two. Uh, Because when you think of JRPGs, you think of, like, you know, Final Fantasy. When you think of Western RPGs, you think of, like, Skyrim. So really, what separates the two? Um, I feel like, I feel like, honestly, like, when it comes to a JRPG, like, the first thing I think of is turn-based battles, you know? Yes. Um, Because, like, a lot of Western RPGs uh, are more, like, uh, strategic battles. Like, if you think of, like, Baldur's Gate... Uh, Neverwinter Nights, if you think of stuff like Skyrim, uh, those are more like action uh, with role-playing elements, but still people consider them role-playing games. Um, and they are, because you're still, you're still taking the character, building them up, making decisions, mm-hmm. guiding them through a story the same way. But I think with a JRPG, especially as you look further back to, to the more traditional, the things that more started the genre, like the Final Fantasies, and uh, much more of a, a linear story, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Or a linear kind of way of progressing through the story, because, right. like I said, in a in a Boulder's Gate or something, you will make more choices or have like dialogue options and kind of move through things differently. And I I, I guess it's more because it's based out of Dungeons and Dragons and kind yeah. of inspired by that, but which is much more freeform. But you got to think also uh, a traditional RP, uh, JRPGs like in the beginning are also very much based on uh, Dungeons and Dragons, you know. Um, because they still got like, I mean, I guess the, the system itself is more, you know, when it comes to Western, when you come to like armor class and all that, but at least like, you know, you know, role-playing, sorry, role-playing, uh, is definitely, oh, I've lost the train. (laughs) (laughs) Role-playing is weird because now everything has role-playing elements in it. So it's, it's. What used to be just, okay, you have stats and you gain levels and you equip different pieces of armor, every game in the world has that. Borderlands is not a role-playing game. Maybe it's an action role-playing game if you want to start stretching genres. But it has those things that made up the basic like Final Fantasy One formula of you get some stats, you get new equipment, you stop at, in towns to buy stuff from shops to progress mm-hmm. better. So it's it's cool as... Uh, an, a fan of older JRPGs, older for me being like the SNES ones, mm-hmm. the, the SNES glory days of JRPGs, <laughs> to kind of watch those um, elements of the genre kind of spread out and, and just be captured in all of these different things and 
watered down in some cases and made miserable and terrible, but, <laughs> um, but, 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 okay. <laughs> I love JRPGs. Me too. I don't love everything being a JRPG or everything having JRPG elements. Yeah. Like, uh, leveling in Call of Duty, not for me. I but, mean, um, that's part of, I think, what makes, uh, going to her kind of like, uh, kind of, uh, it's what really makes a JRPG kind of like what it is. Um, cause if you think about it, like you've got the, the, the grinding aspect is what kind of makes them kind of addictive right? because you want to continuously gain in power. You want to get that next spell. You want to get that next, you know, you want to be able to equip this item that may require a higher level. Um, and that's, that's kind of like the, that's that, the, you know, for lack of a better word, you get that like weird little brain endorphin rush when you get those levels and i think that's kind of like that's something i feel like game developers have really like taken and ran away with when it comes to a lot of like modern progression systems um you start to like really see that is where people are like hey people like it when they get new things and every time they get a new thing it feels good like <laughs> they keep there's, on there's <laughs> Nothing quite like the endorphin rush that the the World of Warcraft boom, <laughs> like right. just releases still uh, in my brain. I, I have like you know what you know what's funny that I get that similar feeling whenever I pay, play like a Final Fantasy and I get like the da na 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 like the first couple maybe not the latter yeah. couple because you've heard it a million times <laughs> but like really the first couple uh, you definitely get that that sensation of being like yeah I did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and there's there's also a there's also a length aspect to a lot of JRPGs. Like mm -hmm. it's it's if if I'm sitting down to pick up a new JRPG and I don't know anything about it, I'm expecting at least a forty hour game. Yeah, um, most likely way longer. Would you consider a JRPG to be more narrative heavy than a Western RPG? Uh, I guess for uh, it's more of a a story. Not so much a story that you're shaping, but a story that you're a part of. Would you say that's kind of like a good uh, delineation between the two? I, I think I agree with you as long as we... We stick to traditional? As as we, right. As long as we agree that, like, we're, we're not saying that Western art... Like, Baldur's Gate has a story. Planescape yeah. Torment has a story. Mm -hmm. um, and I admit I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage here because I haven't played through those. But... um. It it to me the the sense was always that on a JRPG you have this this path that you're kind of following, and um it's kind of this one straight line with maybe a couple little spots where you could step off. But like, how many meaningful choices do you make in say Final Fantasy VI compared to like a Baldur's Gate game where you have dialogue choices constantly, mm -hmm. and it allows you to more create your character to go through the story, like even if it's just in your head, rather than like, well, this is what Sabin does in Final Fantasy. Yeah. You're not creating a character. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I definitely see that. Because um, like to me, I don't know, just for some reason, I always, th I always associate kind of like a, if you think of it like in a Western RPG, it's kind of like a, a first person experience to speak for kind of like in a narrative sense where Mm -hmm. you're the character and this is you going through this whilst like in <clears throat> instead of instead of that in the jrpg it's more of like in some cases if we're going back traditional traditional kind of it's like a mm -hmm. third person 
where you're behind the character, the character is doing things because you control them, but you know, ultimately this is a character, you know, this is a separate, this is not you per se. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Think of, think of Mass Effect. Like Mass Effect was wholly about, this is your shepherd story. This is mm-hmm. you as shepherd doing that story. That's why you got to name them. Yeah. Um, but if you think about going all the way back, the first Final Fantasy, the, the, the who those characters were didn't matter at all yeah. because the same thing was going to happen either way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I think definitely Western RPGs started the. Uh, sorry, pardon me. <laughs> Western RPGs definitely started the whole like you know. Uh, I mean, but this this might be me talking out of my butt. Um, but it's like Do the it. whole the whole like you know your choices have a a meaningful impact on the world. You know, uh, and that that's good in its in a way. Uh, but sometimes it's nice to kind of like, kind of like reading a book. You know, sometimes yes. you don't want to read Choose Your Own Adventure. Sometimes you just want to read a story, you know, <laughs> from beginning to end and be like, that was a satisfying conclusion to that story, you know? <laughs> that is exactly the comparison I was thinking of. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really it. So yeah. let's 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 take this another little way. So why don't you tell me a little bit, because we've never talked about this before. What, uh, how did you get your start in JRPGs? Because I know you're a fan of the genre, so... Think way back to little little baby Jengus. Little baby Jengus picking up his first controller. <laughs> what was it, and for what game? Um, I think little baby Jengus is my first like real thought when I think of like, hey, what what game did I play first? Um, the first console I ever owned was actually a Super Nintendo. Um, uh, even though even though I had grown up in an era with Nintendo uh, being a big thing, uh, I never actually owned a Nintendo myself. Uh, I always like played someone else's. So my first like real deep dive into like a JRPG would have to be uh, Final Fantasy three in America, six in uh, you uh, in Japan. Uh, That's a great game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how about you? What would you say your first one would be? Uh, it was the same. It was Final yeah. Fantasy three six. Um, yeah. I have a I have a distinct memory of renting the game from Blockbuster starting up a save in the world of ruin with the airship and having no idea what to do <laughs> and just flying around until I fought that flying monster dying. It was great. You I loved what? every second of it. I just had like a brief, like like flash of like, <laughs> do you remember the final fantasy three commercials in America? No. Oh my God. It's like a giant Moogle comes out, like starts like, Hey, you want to play my game? Final fantasy. And then like, <laughs> And then like what? I know it's really weird. And then like you know, uh, I, I'll try to find it later and show you. But it's like, oh my god! It's like, can you imagine that? It's like commercials for like a JRPG in America. You don't really see that these days. Yeah, like, that'd be insane. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy three. Like that is uh, well six. We'll just call it the proper name six. Six uh, at this point. Um, yeah, you know, because that's the uh, the official Japanese uh, numbering, not the American numbering. Um, there were some real good classes pushing that you missed in the audience there. Um, but yeah, so Final Fantasy VI, like that was like the that's like that is the. I mean, I know Final Fantasy one and two came out in America uh, as well, but I, I mean, mm-hmm. but to me, Final Fantasy three is kind of like the. To, I don't want to call it like the gold. I mean, it is to me. But I don't want to call it the gold standard. Like that's the gold standard of RPGs. <laughs> but like, to me, it's like when I when I first came to like you know 
really like RPGs, that was it, you know? Yeah. That was it. It was like, hey, Final Fantasy VI, uh, this is, you know, who are you? This is Terra. She's, you know, she's riding this Magitek armor, devastating this town, but she doesn't like it. Like, you know, <laughs> she meets this it's, daring rogue, Locke. <laughs> it's such a compelling start, too, which I think is something that a lot of JRPGs fall on because they, they start with just like, I hey, some farmer boy mm-hmm. in this town. But Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy VI starts with the like red clouds with lightning striking behind them into the mm-hmm. logo and then you hit start and there's magitech armor marching through a fucking like snowy wasteland and you just immediately start messing this town up oh i love that game it's it's definitely you know what's funny is little boy jenga's definitely there will be many many an rpg that i played back then whose storyline went right over his head it's <laughs> like Wait, all right, it's like, huh? All my, all my friends here, all these adventures, uh, they're climbing this tower to fight Kefka, and now he's becoming a god. Like, you know, it's like all this stuff is like, huh? And it's like, man, you know, uh, I forgot who the the general's name who had like the shock attack. Uh, that Leo. Leo. It's like Leo. He's fighting. He's trying to say he has to devastate everything, but then he doesn't like it anymore. How come I can't have him join my party? You know, it's like... <laughs> it's like... Maybe Jengus has a weird accent. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but, you know, in, in that same light, um, did you play Xenogears for the PlayStation 1? No, that's was, one of my was great it, Was JRPG it PlayStation regrets. 1? Yes. All right. That's a game whose storyline went right over my head. Like that's more of like because like they definitely get into a lot of like god stuff in Japan, and yeah, like yeah. you know it's like you you have to you have to pilot these mechs, and then eventually you have to kill God. And it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. when you're like ten like ten twelve you know years old, it's like you know, huh? I never really thought about killing God before. It's like, <laughs> It certainly is something to think about. Uh, but, like, I mean, I've always been a fan of JRPGs. I mean, because, like, mm-hmm. I think, like, I mean, because of the consoles that they were, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, uh, they were j- Japanese consoles. So, obviously, the games yeah. that we'd get would be Japanese games. Uh, so, we'd be rife with them, like Secret of Mana, uh, you know, uh, was it Secrets Chrono of Ever- Trigger? Chrono Trigger. You know, like all these amazing games uh, that would kind of like those kinds of games, I feel like would shape, uh, you know, it, it would really shape kind of like where that that genre of gaming goes. Right. You know, it's, right. Dragon Quest. It's hard to talk about JRPG and not talk about Dragon Quest because yes. that's like to, you know, it's not so much so big in America, but to Japan, Dragon Quest is there like, this is the game. You know, like, every time you talk about an RPG, like, anytime you have an RPG kind of, like, metaphor in, like, a Japanese game, it's always a metaphor to Dragon Quest, you know? Right. Yeah, they even talk about, like, spells in Dragon Quest and be like, you know, oh, it makes sense because it's part of our, you know, it's part of our culture. Um, right. You know. I mean, those are the those are the games that, I don't know if this was true or not, but at least you would hear that people would just take, like... Everything would just close. It would be a national holiday when that game was released because that many people would just call out of work anyway or skip yeah. school anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's like that crazy. It is crazy, and you know that's that's the power. <laughs> uh, but that's also like another thing where it's like, it, but I feel like uh, you know that's another thing where it's like not, it's not a hundred percent because I don't think 
ah, you know, that's not true. Uh, the later Dragon Quests, I mean, but that's the same thing with Final Fantasy. The first Final Fantasy didn't really have like a, you had a, you had a story. There was a story there. I know there's a yeah. story there. <laughs> uh, even though it didn't feel like it at times, there was a story there. Um, Dragon Quest had a very bare bones story, but I think like back then it was enough because everything was so the the expectation was so much more on you putting in the filling in the blanks mm-hmm. um but even like it was easier to have the game rely on the mechanics because the mechanics hadn't been done to death yet yeah um so just having a story that was like the princess has been kidnapped by a dragon go get stronger and then save her go yeah. <laughs> was, <laughs> that was okay back then mm-hmm. uh, but now everything <laughs> is so deep um <laughs> so crazy <laughs> Uh, so, so JRPGs, uh, like we said before, the progression system is kind of one of the the more important things because mm-hmm. you want that carrot on a stick kind of feel good moment, and they have a lot of different progression systems across a lot of different JRPGs. Um, what are some of the ones that stand out the most to you as like progression systems that you've enjoyed um, or that you found I, most interesting? I mean, like you know, when I when I dabbled in like whatever game development I did in my own. Like I, <clears throat> like even then, I was still very fond of like, this is you know you level up your character and as your character levels up they learn different things you know like you know, mm-hmm. at level ten you get shock at level twelve you get like shaka like you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's Zio. just yeah Azio. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like that that kind of like I I I'm a big fan of that traditional kind of like leveling scheme. Um, okay you know i like so not, jo- not I, a lot of customizability i mean that's but that's the thing like i nowadays i'm more i mean that was it's hard for me to say because like, if i would say like if i really you know what what i like i really like you know is normal leveling but i also like right. i'm a huge fan of customization too like mm. customization is my thing so like when i think of like games like that have like a job system um I like those games a lot too. I like everything. That's why. That's why I'm the Omni Geek. I mean, it's just like <laughs> I can't not like everything. But like, I, I do like job systems. Uh, games that have job systems are always like really uh, job systems with uh, visual differences between the jobs. Like those are like top notch for me. <laughs> Wait, what game has a job system that doesn't have a visual difference between the jobs? Um, I'm trying to remember. Like there's like some where like the main character will change jobs. I forgot which uh, one, but like he doesn't like he. It's still the main character. Uh, wasn't uh wasn't Final Fantasy Tactics like it's that? It's tactics. It's tactics. Yeah. It's exactly tactics. I was like, come on, Ramza, <laughs> you're a monk now. Like, look a little <laughs> bit more monkey, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's that's a different class. <laughs> Um, Final Fantasy V, I think, was the first time that job system really, like, took off, and I love that game. I adore that game, mm-hmm. and I also adore the, uh, four-job fiesta that came out of it from people limiting themselves to one job per crystal. Yeah. Um, th- that's, that's I've never heard of that. What is that? Four-job fiesta? Uh, so, so Final Fantasy V, uh, you get jobs in kind of, like, four groups because they're based on four crystals. Um, so people have made a challenge run and, uh, I think they also stream it out for a charity. I was not prepared to talk about this, so I don't know the name of the charity. Mm-hmm. Um, but you will tweet at a, a Gilgamesh bot on Twitter saying <laughs> that you want to, you want to be in the fiesta and he'll tweet out the four jobs that you're allowed to use. 
So oh, then really? you're only allowed to use those four jobs and one character of each job once you get the job. Wow. Um, so it's it's interesting. It puts a different twist on the game because uh, you could get something terrible like Berserker or something you never use like Hunter and have to play the game completely differently. Uh, it also works a lot better in that game because unlike most games, bosses will be vulnerable to like uh, status effects or uh, different things like that, which drastically can change how you play compared to something where like uh, it's a boss of course he's immune to sleep <laughs> um that's <yeah>, true <laughs> why would a boss be sleeping on the job um <laughs> that's really cool uh i think there's like also a lot of like uh interesting speed like i know like challenge runs uh right for that uh for rpgs like that like you know keep your first item like weapon or something and like beat the game with only that or like you know, uh, I'm sure there's a lot like that. That's cool. Or, um, or even people do like low level challenge runs, which yeah. I think is insane. But <laughs> the fact that like somebody will run through Super Mario RPG and use the lucky egg and fail the game every <laughs> single time to never gain a level, I'm glad they have fun with it. Yeah, they're crazy. I mean, <laughs> a game that uh, a game that really uh, took that and kind of like turned it into like an ending. Uh, was Chrono Trigger for sure, right. uh, because you can you can confront Lavos like in the very like like very early on, and you could win if you really try hard enough. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like that that's cool. Uh, I like when games do that, but that's like uh, similar to your conversation in the last podcast, Breath of the Wild. Uh, you, can, you can go fight Ganon like super yeah. early in the game. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Would you consider Legend of Zelda to be an RPG? No. No. It's it's always been and I know this is another like term that takes 30 minutes to define when you bring it up, an adventure game. Mhm. <laughs> uh because it's it's all about that adventure. Mhm. But like there's also like point and click adventure games and it's a whole Yeah. It's, it's a whole mess. Let's a, not get into that. That's that's another podcast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but going back to RPGs, um, so, you know, what what would you say, like, I mean, I know Final Fantasy VI was your first. Uh, would you say Final Fantasy VI was the one that really, like, uh, like say, like, oh, I really love RPGs. RPGs are one of my favorite genres, or would that be a later game? I think it really hit me when uh, I got Persona 3. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really made me realize what JRPGs could kind of do. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was more uh, like present day. It was real world rather yeah. than like steampunk fantasy or something else. Mm -hmm. um, as much as I loved Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger, there was something about the relatability of like, you know, kind of struggling through. Persona 3 was a lot about depression, I think. Kind of struggling through depression and... Uh, just seeing, uh, going through a story and just watching people struggle with things that are very similar to things I'm struggling with mm -hmm. and uh, understanding that in context, I just enjoyed it a lot more because of that. And it helped me understand that I love JRPGs for being able to tell the story that they tell. That's cool. That's cool. Um, <clears throat> for me, oh man. I mean, like, I was just like, <laughs> I was, you know what it was? Is that RPGs for me were always like a you know value when you think about it. It's like okay. when you're young and you're like, I can only get so many games, you know, like 
you think to yourself like what's going to give me the most bang for my buck and it's like oh an rpg because they're going to be like you can grind you can get like everything because there's generally mm-hmm. going to be like a uh like final fantasy 7 like a million hidden bosses and like you know or right. something secret that you don't can't normally get um you know um so like for me like whenever i would be like hey you know what what's next what's my next game purchase it's like oh man uh, and this was before the wild, wild days of emulators, where every game was <laughs> at your fingertips. <laughs> um, I would definitely be like, I would definitely point towards a, an RPG, uh, which would be a JRPG at the time. Yeah, and then there you go. There's your next 100 hours. <laughs> Pretty <in> much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like, just all the saves. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thankfully, games are a lot more uh, generous these days with save slots and stuff like that. But right. uh, back in the day, you would have to only have like one, <laughs> and just right. be like I really hope I'm making all the right decisions. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, that's I think we could. Uh, so with all the talk of JRPGs, uh, we we should probably move on to uh, the, the the hottest JRPG. Currently out in the in the <laughs> uh, in the in the market, and that would probably be Persona Five. Um, oh my god, it's so good! It's so good. <laughs> but before we go into Persona Five, you said you your so your first Persona game was Persona Three. Yes. Yes. Yep. Picked up Persona Three completely on a whim. Hadn't heard anything about it, and fell in love with the idea of it. Um, and then Persona Four was amazing, as anybody who follows Persona at all has knows. Uh, if you like persona play persona 4 please um and persona 4 is just so bright and happy <laughs> <laughs> you know uh you know what's funny is that um when i when i first I, i'm trying to remember when i first came upon persona as like oh this is a game um i think it was the it wasn't any of the shin megami tensei ones I think the first one that I'm really like, hey, uh, I really realize, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that was bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, would would more than likely be uh, the Persona that came out for PlayStation, I believe. I remember a friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't want Persona Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> Persona Two: Innocent Sin, perhaps. Uh, it might be or that Eternal one. Punishment. I think they had like a Pokemon Red Blue thing going on. <laughs> I remember uh, it was per- it was Eternal Punishment. Now I remember uh-huh. because I remember the box art very clearly. Um, <clears throat> you know, I would uh, I I remember I didn't own it myself, but a friend of mine did, and uh, you know he was like, oh yeah, it's this game where like you summon these like monsters and like they they give you special abilities, and I'm like, oh that's interesting, but like like my PlayStation was like it never really like stuck out to me like hey. Like you know, I feel like at the time it was a little, it was too much for mm-hmm. for what my gaming taste at the time. Um, so I was like, oh, this is weird, and like, there's a lot of like weird stories about this, and like, uh, I think the graphics kind of turned me off as well. But but then I came back with Persona. Uh, I didn't play Persona. Well, I played a little bit of Persona Three, but I really got into Persona Four. Uh, when Perso- when Persona 4 Golden came out, because uh, I was like, "Oh, this is perfect. I have it portable, and I can play it wherever I want." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so that you know that really you know blew up for me and then of course uh persona 5 <laughs> yes because like hey every you know <clears throat> it's it's a lot going on there um but what would you say separates persona from i mean we talked about it a little bit before what would you say separates persona from like other rpgs uh i think it's the fact that they they have it well i, know, I think this started in three i didn't play one and two so you can correct me if i'm wrong but the structure they have it where it's kind of more freeform and it's more about the everyday decisions you make and the decisions you make in kind of your normal person life are almost as important as the decisions you make in your hunting demons life mm-hmm. um that it i think it makes it more relatable and it, it makes it more interesting because you get to make more decisions than just do what do i want to spend my money on this sword or that sword um and you get you also at the same time it opens it up it allows them to tell the interesting stories about like the old woman that who stands by the river in persona five or persona four uh, you just become her friend and that's weird and that's kind of what <laughs> life is sometimes is you just get weird stuff like that like you get stopped by a lady out on your road mm-hmm. uh, who's having car trouble and you try to help her out and then it, everything turns dark and it goes <laughs> and you start your social link that happened to me today nice <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> um <clears throat> I think I think that's the big thing. I think it's also the fact that you get to constantly kind of redefine your character's strengths because you're always kind of building up new persona. So it's kind of got that little like Pokemon thing of, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. You, you, you're able to redefine yourself to get stronger instead of just like get incrementally stronger. Uh, what do you think? Am I missing anything? Um, No, I don't think so. I mean, that's definitely like, uh, I think that's definitely what stands apart uh for <clears throat> definitely for like persona type games is like the right. the social aspect the the right. fact that you you not only are you trying to you know prevent the apocalypse in one way or another uh you also still have to live your life as like <laughs> as like whatever you are at the time whether it be a, a student at you know a high school student or a high school student or a high school student <laughs> <laughs> I was a high school student once um uh, I also think like uh persona games definitely don't uh stray far from the the macabre you know in yes. a way uh, they're definitely dark. They could be very dark, uh, yes. uh, because like you know, they definitely delve into the uh, aptly named because of what it is. You know, persona. It delves into like the human psyche and like right. you know what you know the you know, our weaknesses and like our you know uh, our desires. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, I think each persona game definitely went into that a bit. Like you know what are are because the persona and uh you know and like it's rough for i can only speak to like the last two um the persona is always like a part of you that you have hidden deep inside you you know like, right uh and i think you know the the fact that the characters have to have to confront these uh these like parts of themselves and accept them into themselves like that's like that's an important part of i feel like the persona series as well um i think each game also handles theming really well like Mm -hmm. persona 4 was all about kind of 
acceptance of yourself and those around you. Persona 5 is all about kind of rebellion and yeah. standing up for what's right. In, as far as I've gotten, it could change later on. I'm uh, partway through the first dungeon. Um, Persona 3 seemed to be a lot, to me, a lot more about dealing with depression mm-hmm. and kind of that, that, that sort of theming. And I think they, because they focus in on like one emotion, even though it's a kind of broad emotion, I think they're able to tell much more compelling stories yeah. as they do. Uh, um, I think that's why Persona games adapt into, <clears throat> into animes really well, is because yes. like they're they're very much like well one the story's there it's like mm-hmm. you know it's there from beginning to end uh, and two is because like you you have these fleshed out characters that you don't really have to like speculate what they may have been like um, right you know you you know exactly how they would react to any situation and you kind of have like and that way it's easier to to turn that into something that's compelling to watch uh in like an episodic for episodic format um you know because i mean i freaking love the persona animes <laughs> <laughs> they're really good they're really really good uh um, one one thing i think we haven't touched on that it's almost a little bit of a non sequitur is uh the music in in jrpgs and the persona series especially mm. i think because like we said you're going to be spending like a hundred something hours grinding in these games yeah. and going through the story the the music i think is always a, an unsung hero in these oh, yeah. types of games because if persona 4's tunes weren't as catchy it, it wouldn't complete the the theming and the feeling that you get in those games mm-hmm. and also you would start to go crazy when you're <laughs> <laughs> hearing that that reach out to the truth song for the millionth <laughs> fucking time but it's so good that it's okay it is it is i definitely agree with you like both of the games uh four and five uh like i said three is beyond me so i can't speak to it like amazing soundtracks it's like and then most jrpgs definitely have like uh it is a bit of a non-secret at this point but hey um um, have amazing soundtracks i mean like going back once again i mean even like final even like dragon quest uh some people still have like uh you know um fond memories Uh, you know you see online people have fond memories of those soundtracks as well uh the main songs uh, I know, obviously, obviously, Final Fantasy with uh, you know Nobuo Uematsu, uh, yeah. like the legend. Um, like yeah. <laughs> all of those games have like like incredible soundtracks. So much so that you'll go back and listen to like you know uh, the you know Final Fantasy Seven's like, hey, I really loved like <laughs> you know the the you know all the songs from Seven are like so iconic. You know, it's like. You can have whole. That's why they have like whole symphonies dedicated to the songs. Right, exactly. <laughs> I've listened. I've listened to Dancing Mad, the uh, Kefka and Boss music, like <laughs> just on its own, and it's it's still incredible. It's yeah. still great. Um, I think that's definitely something that they they pride themselves on is having like these amazing, uh, amazing soundtracks. You know, just for like something you didn't even think like you know a battle music or a fan a victory fanfare can right. be so. How like, iconic is that? Yeah. Or the prelude. How iconic is the, the crystal yeah, prelude? Of course. It's great. Because like you think about it, like anyone who's a fan, like you the moment you think about it, it's already playing in your head, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> Speaking of great music and JRPGs, I need to steer this conversation into uh <laughs> the uh least well known persona game, which is Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE. <laughs> <laughs> I warned him this was going to happen. <laughs> I, uh, you know I, what? That's my fault for not alluding to this But you know, it was a great segue. Uh, and we've already, 
but but please, this is one actually I haven't played uh, because I don't have a Wii U. But uh, please, w- w- what is Mirage Sessions? Okay, Tokyo Mirage Sessions is a game about uh, teenagers, of course, that mm-hmm. are in high school, but that's not important. <laughs> uh, but they want to be pop idols. They want to be actors, actresses, singers, everything in Tokyo. Um, so, and it's like your standard little fun JRPG fair. Uh, they do a, a similar thing to the kind of structure that Persona has, but it doesn't have day-by-day time limits. Uh, it kind of goes in like chapters and then intermissions. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mostly need to celebrate Tokyo Mirage Sessions because its music is the most fantastic J-pop <laughs> really? catchy tunes ever and is crucial to the story. Um, and Ooh. I've heard people that are like musical performers say that it does a pretty good job capturing like the emotions of like learning to perform and dealing with that sort of thing. As well, as long as you're understanding that it's wrapped up in an anime package. Yeah. Um, but the mechanics in that game are so friggin' solid that I love them. Um, so I'm going to steal five minutes of your time and explain them all in depth. No, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a, it's a standard turn-based system, and it has uh, weaknesses and stuff like you would expect, like mm-hmm. ice things might be weak to fire or something like that. Um, but all of your, your people and all of your team members can learn things called sessions, which are like follow-up attacks where if you hit with a weakness... Uh, so if you hit with a fire move, somebody might have fire slash. So they'll follow up the fire move with a slash. Uh, as you progress through the game, even the people that aren't in your current active three can start jumping in. So you hit with somebody's weakness, and all your friends are like, pow, 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 pow. Interesting. <laughs> just do all of these extra attacks. So not only are you building up a strong like front team, but you're keeping your back team leveled up, and you're strategizing how you're picking their follow-up skills and their active skills so that everybody kind of performs together and meshes well together. Um, and the whole game is... The, the whole game, the premise is that by performing well, you're stronger in these fights because that's the oh. crazy twist on this world. So, like, all of the f- stuff is, like, music and stuff. Uh, cool. So, but sometimes you run into a situation where uh, an enemy might not be weak to a move that you have, but you you can learn a thing called an ad lib performance, which is kind of like a skill crit. <laughs> so sometimes you're like, all right, cast this ice spell, and then the game like zooms in on the character's face, and it's like ad lib performance, and she just starts singing a song and like changes <laughs> costume and marches out on stage, and it just it feels great. <laughs> it's so silly and cheesy, but it feels great. That's awesome. Uh, and then they always follow up uh, from the ad lib performances, and even sixty hours into the game on the last boss, we'd still be like, yes, skill crit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have a question because like, I I, I read a bit about the game uh, because I couldn't play it. Um, It's based on fire emblem as well. Right. Isn't it the crossover kind of the connections kind of weak. Uh, So you, you get, you team up with fire emblem characters um, and throughout the whole game. That's kind of it is Mm -hmm. like, you're, you're hanging out with these like, fire emblem characters that are possessing you and you're fighting together <laughs> and they they turn into your weapons that you use and oh. them to turn into different weapons and that's how you progress so and they're also your partners um and it's it, but it's not until spoilers for tokyo mirage sessions it's not until chapter six that you go into a fire emblem world oh and really learn that you're um kind of playing the sequel to the first fire emblem game is my understanding (laughs) (laughs) because in i guess in the first fire emblem game you killed this guy named garnif 
because he summoned a shadow dragon. And then in Tokyo Mirage Sessions, he's doing it again. Oh, <laughs> God damn you, Garneth. Um, <laughs> what? So is there, uh, sorry, just because I'm curious about the game, this is authentic no, curiosity. Uh, uh, I, I also read like there's like a job change system for each persona, kind of? Or is that kind uh, of like... A little bit. It doesn't, it doesn't affect as much as I would hope it does. Uh-huh. Um, it's kind of just like you can specialize into like physical damage or magical damage, or you can specialize into support or magical damage. Um, and I think it does that by allowing you to unlock different weapons. But really, it's just about how cool everyone looks. Oh, of course. <laughs> because of course. The, the, the effect is minimal, I think. I don't know. <laughs> that, 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 that's one I hope they... Uh... <clears throat> they re-release or if they at least make it like virtual console uh because i would love to yeah. play that game and i don't want to really go buy a wii u just to play that game <laughs> um, it it was great it was great oh my it, God. and like i just i have to keep praising it for that like great twist on jrpg mechanics because so often you have like your main three or your main four and those mm-hmm. are the ones you love and those are the ones you level up so everyone's kind of stuck in the back doing nothing but by like making the people in the back important because they have the follow-up attacks and by allowing you to switch uh, instantly during battle without mm-hmm. it costing a turn, it really helps you build up everyone together and you like everyone all the same instead of, instead of playing favorites. <laughs> what, you mean I can't just keep using Cloud? Uh, or or <laughs> Cloud Tifa and someone Cloud else? Cloud Tifa Sid. <laughs> Cloud yes. Tifa Sid is the team. <laughs> or... Uh... I guess for six, it was uh, for me. It was probably Locke, Terra, Sabin, and I think it was four for six, yep. right? Oh, I yep. forget who my fourth one always was, but I love Sabin. I love Locke and Terra. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone loves Sabin because he held up a friggin' building. <laughs> he suplexed like, what a the train. badass. <laughs> he suplexed the train. Uh, he had that great line, do you think something as weak as the end of the world is going to do me in? <laughs> Such a good game. Uh, that needs a remake. It's like a full, yes. oh my god, I would die. <laughs> like I would literally <laughs> die if that were to happen. <laughs> Don't die, then you can't play it. I know. Um, uh, but going back, uh, so so <laughs> just going back to Persona 5. Yes, uh, so, please. So... Uh, so what are your thoughts so far? Uh, I'm pretty deep. I'm in July. Uh, so, oh, God. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a, so that's something we failed to mention about Persona games is that generally it's it's a calendar-based kind of thing, uh, generally like a whole year, uh, roughly. Uh, the game starts in April, Persona yes. 5. So the fact that I'm three months in, May, June, July, yeah. It's a lot of progress. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... You know what? Uh, so, what are your thoughts? Because my thoughts will be spoilery. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I have uh, I have gotten I guess most of the way through the first dungeon for reference sake. Uh, probably spoils for Persona Five. Oh yes, uh, going <laughs> forward there, there might be the some spoilers for Persona Five. Um, we won't so go too off... deep, but uh, you know because we don't want to get copyright strikes. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, minor spoilers. <laughs> So so uh we dropped off the first calling card in the uh the first dungeon and we're about to go deal with that. So let me tell you it was very hard to pull away from that to come talk to you <laughs> about the game. But here I am. Uh but the game the game oozes style. Mm-hmm. Like 
everything about that game looks and feels amazing. Uh, even just down to him putting his hand up and smacking the screen when you go into the menu. Yeah. It's just absolutely incredible, and I love it. Uh, um, the game is great. The battles are super fast, which I think is important to me in a JRPG because they can take forever. And everything's great. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, Tell me your thoughts. Tell uh, me all your thoughts. So, uh, for me, like, the more... I get into the game, the more I'm like, oh man, this is, you know, like the more I'm like, wow, I really love this game. Um, the, the care, uh, obviously like, it's so interesting the way like the main, I mean, it's like, cause like you said, it's just the theme is rebellion. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's standing up for your own personal justice and, you know, trying to right wrongs you see in life. Uh, uh, and like, you could tell like the main, like every character, I mean, you'll see. Uh, but every character has some kind of like uh, past or something that's just like that drives them to this point where they, you know, they seek to change the world, you know. Right. Uh, for the main character, you know, he's been put through this like he's been put through, uh, you know, he's in probation because he got, you know, he got accused of, uh, you know, assaulting someone. You know, he got sent to juvie. And it's like, that's right. crazy, you know? And, like, everyone everyone treats him so, like, poorly. So you kind of get, like, that feeling from the beginning of, like, you know, I, you know, everyone's kind of against me kind of thing. And then you meet these people who, you know, become your friends. And, like, they, they're on your side. And you're like, you know, you want to do your best to, like, help them. And it kind of goes from there. Um, and you hear the same stories about your other teammates as you hear the, the whispers in the hall of everyone like, oh, he, that Satomoko guy, he's an asshole. Stay away from him. Yeah. Or uh, oh, that Takamaka is like a, a high school bitch. Like, yeah. stay away from him. It's, they go hard on the theme, and I think they do it really well. Mm-hmm. And they, they kind of let you see how um, other people can kind of take assumptions and run with it, yeah. even though it, it has nothing to do with reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like, I mean, you'll see this, there's a lot, uh, look for the themes of, I mean, it's kind of obvious in some places, uh, but look for the themes of like the seven deadly sins, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it'll, it'll become more apparent later on, but like, okay. obviously the first dungeon is based on lust, uh, right. you know, uh, but well, keep, keep that in mind, uh, because okay. it's not explicitly said, uh, but you know, just bear that in mind. Um, okay. But, uh, but like the game, like I, like you said, so stylistic, so amazing, uh, so, so good. Like all the characters are so good. Like, <laughs> I'm sad that it's only like, I'm sad that there, I don't have like, cause like, cause you have a time limit, so to speak. Right. It's, I'm sad that I don't get to spend more time to like, really like, uh, you know, yeah, be able to do everything, you know, it's, it's hard right. that you have to. You have to, uh, because in the game, you have to set what you want to do in, like, the morning and what you want to do in the night. Uh, and, like, time is very important, so you have to be very careful how you spend it. Um, right, so, it's a big part of the decision-making process is, is how, do I hang out with this person today? Do I hang out with another person today? But, uh, do I go to the dungeon today to get stronger? Because mm-hmm. that all stuff all takes time. It all takes time. Like life. Um, <laughs> but it's good. Uh, so... Uh, I think, yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> given that you've played enough now, I feel. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, we're, we want to end this up uh, with just, we want to try to make uh, 
original characters of our own. If we were in Persona 5, uh, we're going to go the ultimate fan route. It's like, what would be our Persona 5 OCs? Uh, I'll, I'll let you start first, because mine's going to be a bit more lengthy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can't see it at home, but Jengus has a reef of paper all filled out with notes. <laughs> yes, uh, right. So, so uh, how how did you approach this? I think is is the question I want to um, ask because so, we talked about this in brief. <laughs> so I think um, so when when I thought about this at first, I was it would be who would I be? Uh, I wouldn't be obviously the main character because the main character is Joker. Um, mm. You know, he I wouldn't have the ability to change my personas like him. Uh, so I thought to myself, like, if I were just to be, like, uh, one of the characters of the party, you know, uh, a confidant, um, you know, what would be, so I started out, so this is, like, what I, uh, so what would be my mask motif, uh, mask okay. and outfit motif, um, okay. because they're important, uh, what would be my code name, because um, <laughs> they all have code names, uh, <clears throat> what weapons would I use, uh, both melee weapon and range weapon. Uh, and what would be my persona? Uh, like what? <laughs> so, what historical character would my persona be based off of? And what? <laughs> and what tarot would I be? <laughs> okay, you went a lot harder on this than I did, <laughs> but I think that's to be expected. Uh, so I I was thinking more along the lines of um, if I was a social link in the game, mm. or if I wanted to create a social link in the game, and this might even be in there because. Now that I'm thinking about talking about it out loud, it seems very obvious. But uh, I think a good social link or maybe a good character to have join your party would be a dog. Dogs are the best. I'm kidding. That's <laughs> <laughs> also it's been done before. Uh, I think a salaryman would be a good uh, mm-hmm. social link or party member because uh, there's there's nothing quite as damning and draining as that day-to-day grind to get nowhere for a boss that hates you. Like all of those stereotypes all together. And I think at the end, it could be uh, something, it could be something liberating if you wanted to go a happy ending route of like, maybe he opens his own business doing something he likes, or uh, maybe he joins your party and he has fun helping you like pawn goods off or something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But why don't you tell me about yours? And while you're doing that, I'll ignore you and I'll think of my own party member (laughs) character so that we can be on the same page here. Okay. Um, So... Uh, uh, I mean, obviously, name doesn't matter. It would just probably be me. Um, uh, Jenga, Jengis Jeng- Kuhn. Jengis Kuhn. Um, <laughs> which is actually my character's name in game, so it does come up. Actually, <laughs> I didn't, I, this is just a sidebar. I didn't use my last name when I played the game because I'm like, what if I want to like ever stream or anything like that? I don't want to use my actual mm-hmm. last name. Plus, it'd be weird. Um, yeah. So I actually made my character first name Jengis. That's his given name. And his family mm-hmm. name is uh, Sarkon, which is my middle name, but it's spelled differently. So it's like S E R K H A N. So I'm like, okay. S- I'm Sarkon Kun. Whatever, like, whatever it comes up. <laughs> or like, my teacher calls me, like, Sarkon son, please answer this question. It's like, I'm like, okay. That's awesome. Let me ask the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um. But so as far as mask goes, uh, I was like, man, I mean, the best thing for me, uh, which I was just like, I just have to do this, uh, would probably be like, um, like a lion motif. Uh, so like the mask would be, uh, kind of like you would have like the, uh, you know, the lion kind of like feline face, uh, similar Mm -hmm. to like Ons, uh, but instead of like cutting off at the end, it's kind of like, 
uh it's more like like kind of like spiky almost but not really like to 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 kind of like no like kind of like that mane that comes off of a cat of a lion you know right uh and then my outfit would be almost like uh <laughs> it'd be kind of like uh mafia-esque uh so to speak okay. uh because like so like a suit it, kind of like a suit because like i would have the think of like a fur coat I would have like a okay. giant like puff of like it would be fur line cape dangling from my back, um, and like you know it would be like that. Uh, it would come down and like it'd be a large cape, but underneath the cape would be kind of like almost like a pinstripe suit, uh, but mm-hmm. maybe like maybe like an open pinstripe suit, kind of like to to not be like too uh, like you know formal because we're rebels. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, so that would probably be uh, that. Um, as far as weapon goes, uh, I was thinking like, I mean, like, ah, weapon was hard because like uh. I don't want to step on too many toes because like oh, I would love to use a katana, but a character uses a katana. I would love to use my fist, but a character uses my, their fist. So That's it's hard. A real to, trouble. It is a real trouble. So it's hard to like really pick one. I think if I were to go to medieval weaponry, uh, something cool would be like an axe. I think that would be yes. pretty cool, uh, and I, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, but like a, but like a large axe kind of thing, uh, kind of like maybe like a like a two hander. So I would be kind of like the heavy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be like on my shoulder, like you know, be like a that kind of thing. Um, and as far as like a weapon goes, uh, just to like kind of go with that kind of like mafioso kind of motif, maybe like a Tommy gun. Um, <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Um, because I haven't seen that yet, even though on uses kind of like a machine gun, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, <laughs> but like something like that, uh, that as far as weapon goes, um, I would also try to like mix up the colors a little bit cause I don't want to be all black, uh, okay. because like, you know, you, you kind of want to step out cause th- so actually I've noticed like everyone has like kind of like, so a mon, a mono color theme. So like maybe black wouldn't be so bad, but as far as like the gloves go. They would have to be like something like maybe like silver gloves or something like that, because everyone has like different colored gloves. I mean, you'll see, right? It, but like, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, like the main character has like red gloves. Um, but so I'm, that's that. <laughs> I'm now trying to look up a list of Persona Three characters because there's a character in Persona Three that I think you're describing <laughs> with like real long, long hair that kind of like poofs out around his shoulders and he uses a big ax that he carries on his shoulder. Oh, wow. I didn't even, that's, that's entirely unintentional. Um, as far as like a persona goes. So let me tell you about this persona. Okay. I was thinking to myself like, Hey, what would be a great like persona? Cause like all the, all the main personas are based off of like historical figures. So you have like Lupin, you have Captain Kid, you have uh, Carmen. Um, so it's like, what would be like? I, I'm like trying to think like what's historically like you know large, intimidating kind of guy. Uh, I mean, like I would probably just go with like my name, like because like, hey, why not? And make it like Genghis Khan, and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that would be something. Like it would be like some kind of like crazy, like you know. Um, interpretation and like overly stylized version of Genghis Khan. Of course. Uh, He'd have like ax hands. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> or like, or like, uh... <laughs> um, but then as far as like, so this is something, this is what I was mentioning before. It might be slightly spoilery, but it's, okay. it's a staple of other persona games is that when you reach the max confidant level or max level uh, of a, of a, 
of a, a party member, they unlock their ultimate persona. Yes. Uh, so the ultimate personas, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, so I apologize, are based off of gods. Okay. Uh, so I'm like, what's like a good god for uh, to take to turn into? And I was like, I mean, and this was what originally my persona was going to be, but I changed it because I realized what the motif was. Uh, so my so my ultimate persona is going to be Hercules, <laughs> 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 just to also fit along with that lion theme, you know. Um, uh, just like some kind of like crazy stylized version of like Hercules. That's awesome. Uh, and so that's he could that, be carrying a lion. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or like maybe like he has two like lions next to him or something or something crazy like that. Uh, Perfect. Uh, and then my tarot. Uh, I I'm gonna go with the strength, even though like it makes sense. It makes sense. I was also thinking the sun, but I think the strength kind of is more like yeah. You, I think <laughs> you, you can't be hurt. You can't pick Hercules and not pick strength. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's literally illegal. <laughs> So yeah, that would be my, that's my OC. That's great. You spent a lot of time thinking about yeah. that. I wish I was an artist so I could draw it. Like it kills me. I'm like, man, I would, oh, it looks, it would be so good. Anyways. So have you if thought you, of, if you start drawing now in five years, you'll be good enough to do it. There you go. So have you okay, thought of I think, I think I would go, uh, all right, my, my Glenn, Glenn Coon, uh, self-insert <laughs> party member character would be a uh, full heavy metal motif. Mm-hmm. So it would probably be like a, probably like just a, I would of course be ripped <laughs> <laughs> and it would be, it would be just a black vest with like those gauntlets that have the big spikes coming out of it that you see crazy people wear at metal shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably with like a, a dark purple gloves. Um, my person, uh, no, I think I would use like a spear or like a bow staff because I think good. that's like the best weapon. <laughs> um, I would probably be the magician's tarot card. Nice. I'm thinking. Uh, my persona, my since we're doing it this way, my first form would be uh, Alexi Leho, who is the guitarist vocalist from Children of Bodom, because he is like the quintessential like screaming heavy metal like fuck everything guy (laughs) but if it had to evolve into a god of heavy metal it would of course be bruce dickinson in his his denim vest and he would zip line into the stage and beat people with his microphone that's hilarious (laughs) yep yep that's it nice what would your what would your uh what would your social link arc be oh man um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's hard because like what would be like you know what was he be rebelling against i mean like i think like it would be kind of like stereotypical like familial kind of stuff like that like okay, be, okay. like you know you're going to inherit the family business kind of thing to if you want to like you know that kind of like mobster kind of thing. Like you're going to inherit right. the family. Maybe like Yakuza. Ooh, that's cool. Ooh. Ooh like he's a, <laughs> he's the son of a Yakuza boss. Um, and, uh, and like, you know, he's like, Oh, I don't want to do this. You know, like, you know, I, 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 you know, he, even though he's like a big intimidating looking guy, he is, he's a softy at heart, you know, like, <laughs> Uh, all he actually wants to do is stream on the internet that's right um so like that's you know he, him rebelling against his family kind of thing uh maybe like maybe his father 
uh, would have like a, uh, a, you know, would be, have like a, uh, would be the one who's, uh, who has like the palace and has a delusion. Uh, uh-huh. and like, maybe that's what they, that's where his moment is, is like, you know, it's like, I'm not like you. And then <laughs> I am thou, thou art I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like <laughs> rips that off actually... his mask. <laughs> God, those are such like intense scenes. They're all intense scenes. Yeah, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> that actually, that actually reminds me though, is that they uh they moved away from that iconic um whispering of the per so yeah, <laughs> which which I thought was really strange. But damn, if they didn't replace it with something great. Yeah, uh, I like how like every uh, every character has had the spirit of rebellion in them. But they just refuse to listen to it, and then whenever it, right. when, when it first talks, it was like, "Oh, now you're ready." <laughs> it's like <laughs> <laughs> they all seem to say, "Like, oh, this is a long time coming." <laughs> and it's like, uh, oh, it's like rips off. Oh, I love that. It's like you rip <laughs> off the mask as the blood that's underneath. Because like I was like, "Oh, such a good game." So uh, such a good game. Man, about, I'm gonna go play more Persona. Yeah, so I think that's <laughs> that's a good enough amount of time for uh for this podcast. Uh so if there's anything you could take away from this, go buy Persona 5 for PS3 yes. or PS4. It's for both consoles. So if you don't have a PS4, hey, look at that. You can get a cheap PS3 and play Persona 5. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh any parting words going? Uh, no, go buy Persona 5. It's great and amazing, and I can't wait to go play. Anyways, thank you for... Uh, here, you, you started us off. Finish us off. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to Vest and Friends. Make sure you check out Geekade.com for all great content. Uh, make sure you check out Jengus on You Shall Not Pass Go. That's a right. A very good, very good board game, Magic the Gathering, and Dungeons and & Dragons podcast that someday I'm going to sneak my way onto because I need <laughs> to play more board games. And uh, next time, hopefully, we'll be back with uh, the Vest Lord, Dean, ready to take us through some more fun video game nerd podcasts. <laughs>